Hey everyone, it's Nelly here. This podcast has been recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung peoples of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Couple of quick things. If you're listening to this episode the day it drops, well done you. It's exactly two sleeps until the Dear Nelly live show. It's one show only at the Brunswick Ballroom with co hosts Cal Wilson, Scott Brennan and Harley Breen. It's on Saturday the 1st of April 2023 as part of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and is presented by Comedy Republic. I swear to God it's going to be a bloody riotous afternoon of fun and I really hope you can come. If you want a photo with me come at 12.30 and the show is from 2 to 4 p.m. To book tickets and get all the info, you can go to nellythomas.com. There'll be links in the show notes. I really would love to see you there. Like, we can't do many live shows for a range of family and other reasons. So, this is your chance. Don't miss out. And look, before we start the podcast, the usual warnings. This is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for grown-ass humans. If you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shit. So, off you fuck. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, everyone. Today we are joined by the fabulous Kirsty Wiebeck. Kirsty is a comedian, an actor, and an all-round creative type, and as well as being a friend of mine, is one of my must-sees at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival every year. She just always puts on a great show. Now, Kirsty has just turned 40 and got engaged a year ago or so for the first time. Today we talk about her first boyfriend, a torrid primary school affair involving post-it notes and zero communication. We talk about Pamela Anderson and how she appeared on Kirsty's wall and how that might have been a sign. We talk Kirsty's avid dating period and how therapy helped her break a dating cycle of choosing the same person over and over again. And just a hint... They were a handful. We take some great listening calls about how to pace a relationship at the start and also how to signal that you're an LGBTIQA plus woman if you don't look like Katie Lang. Now, last but not least, we have a very funny discussion about fingering at film nights. That's not a metaphor. And yes, it is worth the wait. Enjoy this episode. It's an absolute cracker. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly. There's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Welcome to Thank Dear you. Nelly. 
sex, relationship and dating from the other side of 40. And we are joined today by the wonderful, the fantabulous, the most excellent, Kirsty Weaver. Hello. I already interrupted your introduction because I was so excited to be here. That's all right because you and I get excited talking to each other. We do. You were welcoming the listeners and I was like, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that. Hello. Like, yeah. Like from the get-go, it's all about me. <laughs> well, it is. So first and foremost, you are a comedian. Yes. Do you have any other strings to your bow? Oh, not really. I mean... Comedy, acting, writing, that's probably... Creative person. I'm a creative person. Yeah. 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 That's probably about it. Now, we always start the podcast with your relationship history. So, would you like me to start in the present day? Because you are an engaged lady. I am. Or should we go back to little Kirsty and go on the journey? (laughs) Oh, wow. Um... I don't know. Uh, what's your preference? Do you care? Well, all right. With you, I think I'll go back to little Kirsty. Okay. Right? Beautiful. So let's go. Kirsty's a teenager. She's living in Canberra. She's going to high school. Is she dating? Uh, yes. Yes. She Well, she was attempting to date. Okay. She was keen. She, 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 was, she was keen. <laughs> she was champing at the bit. Um <laughs> Uh, from what age do you reckon? Because we've uh, one thing I found interesting in having this conversation on the podcast is the it's so variable. Some people twelve thirteen are like oh ready to go. Others are like mm, twenty three, yeah, twenty four. Yeah. You know, like people come into themselves at different times. Sure, yeah. Well, I look. I had a boyfriend in year seven. Yes. Because my friend Kim slipped him a post-it <laughs> note saying that he was my boyfriend. <laughs> and we were together for two weeks. We'd never spoke in that two weeks. Right, no. And then it, it wasn't necessary. ended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it ended abruptly, much to my shock, because I thought it was going swimmingly. <laughs> this is the best relationship of my life. I just get to tell everyone I've got a boyfriend. <laughs> Nothing to do. Exactly. I've never even said hello to David. Uh, <laughs> I had a boyfriend in grade three called Robert. Great names. And Strong. his dad owned the local pub. Mm. So we got free soft drinks. Oh, amazing. That's all I needed to know. Well, you made a grave error <laughs> letting Robert go. <laughs> <laughs> One day we mixed the drinks. We must have heard of, you know, parents going, when you mix drinks, get pissed. So we all thought we were drunk. We're like, oh, because we'd had, you know, fan drink coke together. Yeah. <laughs> that's all. Awesome. Oh, Robert, hope you're doing well. Good on you, Robert. So that's your first relationship. Yeah, yeah pr- probably the best one as <laughs> yeah. well, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Ella, I hope you're Sounds not ideal. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, I... I I date. I was interested. Well, I thought I was interested in boys through my teens, yeah. and it's yeah, it's a it's a funny thing because looking back now, like I obviously absolutely know that some people could have been interested in boys in their teens and then yeah, and then yeah, yeah. shifted like hundred percent. But it wasn't the case for me. Yeah. It was just simply that um, was it more celebrities? Do we get like posters on the wall, like that kind of distant? Attraction? Yeah, I had that, definitely. I had posters all over my walls. Yeah. Um, I reckon I was 16 when uh, some women started finding their way (laughs) onto my walls for different reasons. Who are we talking? Sporting icons? Well, uh, no. 
I've been a vegetarian since I was like 12. Yeah. And when I was in my mid-teens, I got really – like I essentially became a vegetarian because I was copying my older sister. Right. And then I got really into animal rights in, yeah. in my mid-teens. And so I remember I had these like um, people for the ethical treatment of animals <laughs> posters – in my room, and it was like Pamela Anderson nude on a bear rug. It's Pamela Anderson. This could not be a more lesbian story. Oh <laughs> the my god! Thing. The people for the ethical treatment of animals, but Pammy A just sprawled out on a bear rug on my. Who was on in my your wall. wank bank, Kirsty? Oh, the ethical treatment of animal people from Peter. Just Jesus. anyone who didn't eat meat. <laughs> that is adorable. But I do notice in all seriousness, I notice for a lot of queer people particularly that, you know, if you don't – there's some people who know they're gay or whatever they are at like five. Yeah. And there's other people who kind of have <laughs> posters of the opposite sex all over their room but they've never met someone of the opposite sex they're attracted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's a sort of safe distance yeah. kind of, oh, it's Ralph Macchio or yeah. it's, you know, Pamela Anderson or whatever. Yeah, for sure. So that gave you a clue. I think so. And, I mean, you know, if I look back now, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and I'm like, man, like, you know, one of my first crushes was like on, you know, one of my primary school teachers who was a woman. And, yeah. But at the time I just thought I was really fond of her because, like, I yes. was a little kid, of course, and, like, yes. you don't you don't really know that. Um, no. And then same in, in, like, in my teens and stuff. Like, I look back on things now and I'm like, oh, I, like I had a crush on them, like, mm. and but we I were still very d- good friends. Yeah, so it's <laughs> such good friends. My new bestie. Yes. Um, so there was a lot of that going on, but like I didn't know any gay people. Yeah, and in you Canberra, know, yeah, like n- none. I mean, like heaps of my peers ended up coming out later mm. on, mm. and I in year eleven and twelve, I actually went to. Um, Narrabunda College in Canberra. Mm. So it, it doesn't work this way all around Australia, but mm. in Canberra, um, unless you go to a private school, you go to a different school for year 11 and 12, and it's oh. usually called college, but it's just 11 and 12. I'm learning so many things about Canberra. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. So, so I, you go so, to college? Yeah, so I went to high school from year 7 to 10, and then I moved to a totally different college for year mm. 11 and 12, and it was um, – very arts oriented, mm. and uh, <laughs> said that like, mm. yeah, you're like, oh, I know what was going there's on. There's Peter posters. There's rainbow yeah. flags. Yeah, there's an art. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly. It was. Yeah, there were bombs on the oval <laughs> and like a, a whole heap of yeah. pashing and fingering yeah. at film nights. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fingering at film nights should be the name of your autobiography. <laughs> Seriously. And we're talking mid-90s-ish? Yeah, I would have graduated from year 12 in 2000. Okay, all right, so a little yeah, bit later. So, okay. so late 90s, yeah. yeah. So, and so do you, you – by this point, are you going, I really like girls? Are you going, I'm not sure? I'm going, it's, only, yeah. it's me and Pam or nothing? <laughs> Just me and Pam, yeah. <laughs> we are – Well, hasn't she come into her own? Oh, so yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of ageing well. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, yeah. back to you. It's that vegan diet, mate. Yeah. <laughs> She's cruising around being kind to animals. It's oh, the fountain of youth. good karma. Absolutely, that's yeah. right. I yeah. So in year eleven and twelve, like that's definitely when I started to 
be like, oh, wait up. Mm. And, you know, like I had a few little liaisons mm. with um, – With other yeah, students? Yeah, with other students mm. and stuff. And then, um, yeah, I, st- I still thought that I was also attracted to men. Because you get along well with men. Oh, and you still do. Absolutely. Yeah. Famously. Yes, like, famously. Yeah, big time. I mean, you know, at, at the risk of sounding like a cliche, like mm. most of my best friends are men. Mm. Like, no, I do I adore absolutely. men. Um, you work well with with male on energy and even male comedian energy, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you and I met backstage and you were talking to a bunch of blokes. Yes. And I thought, I'm getting in and talking to that one. Yeah. Uh, you, Yes, you definitely, you relate well to a range of people. So I can see how, for a little Kirsty, in a way that could be confusing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, I, do, I, I love you. You're, yeah. cool, you're so cool. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. And then it was like, um, yeah, I guess it was when I was like 17, 18 that I was like, I don't know if it's that I want to be like them or I want to be their best friend mm. or mm. I – like I'm interested in them mm. romantically. And I think it wasn't until um, – it would have been when I moved to Taiwan after uni. So I, I finished uni at 22. Yeah. And I fin- I graduated in like December and in February I moved overseas. Mm. And mm. I went for a year to study Mandarin and I, I loved it and I came back six years later. Mm. And that's where I had my first serious relationship. In Taiwan? Yeah, in Taiwan, yeah. Amazing. I didn't know this story. Yeah, yeah. So I moved back to Australia with my partner at the time who I'd met in Taiwan who is English. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we (laughs) – here you go. You you want to talk about a a typical lesbian story. (laughs) We were housemates. So your housemates in Taiwan, <laughs> mm. yeah, you're and cooking the, some, I was going to say spaghetti bolognese, but you're vegan. I can't even <laughs> think of a vegan dish. Ve- ve- vegetarian. I'm not, I'm not the whole whole. You're cooking a stir fry. <laughs> Don't tell Pammy. Yeah, cook, cooking a veggie stir fry. And you one thought, thing I wouldn't mind a bit of stir frying with you. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. How did that happen? Because that's dangerous, right? Getting together with a flatmate. Yeah, yeah. It what, yeah, we kind of we Were you just, putting the moves on? What was going on? No, it happened really organically. Like we used to hang out heaps. Like uh there were three of us living together and we were super close and we no shit. <laughs> <laughs> was she a lesbian? Uh no, no, not so when So she was straight or was she queer or Um well, I mean pr- probably similar to me, like just right. not 100. So I, at that point you're not identifying as anything in particular. I you're think just going I don't think I'd put a label on myself, but I think mentally yeah, I already knew Get it. that I was mostly attracted to women. Yeah. Or um or yeah, not cis men anyway. You knew you were um, in the rainbow thing. I knew, yeah, I, I, I definitely way. knew that. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, in the years between 20 and 22 and whatever, I used to frequent the gay club in Canberra, yeah. Cube Night Club. I used mm-hmm. to hang out there all the time. Uh, my friends were drag kings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like uh, my, my little sister was out by that point. Yeah. So, um, you know, we had a bit of a, a bit of gayness in the family <laughs> in general. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the discussion was on the table. It was on the table, yeah. yeah. And it, it, look, th- I think the thing for me that, 
you know, whenever I talk to people or I often get interviewed by journalists and stuff that want to hear like my struggle. Yes. And I I never, I I genuinely never had one because I was always so happy. I was really happy Mm. in my own skin. No, sorry, Kirstie, that's not the right story. (laughs) I know. Sorry. What we want is trauma porn. Yeah. And we want to hear about your family kicking you out and you having a period in the wilderness and da-da. Yes. Such bullshit that this is done to minorities. Yeah. Because those stories are true and real. Yeah. And should be validated. But the other stories are true and real as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And so it, your family nice were accepting. Yeah, my family was accepting and... And you didn't have some like, oh, what, I hope I'm something else and I wish no. I... No. You're just like, this is I was just I doing my thing. Yeah. And I n- never made an announcement because mm. I didn't know what the announcement would be. Mm. Because, like, I wasn't struggling. I was just happily ambling mm. along, seeing what, how things were for me. Mm. And was, that's how it should be. Yeah. And blessed that you were in a time and place where that was possible. That's exactly right. Great. And, you know, in some ways, I think deeply subconsciously, I probably moved to Taiwan to give myself a little bit of space, space to work it out mm. away from my small, like, Canberra's, mm. Canberra's a country town. Yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's like a big Perth, country where I'm town. from, same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Especially it, in the queer community. Yeah. I mean, there's ten of you. That's exactly right. <laughs> and one of them's my sister. Yeah. <laughs> and the other eight are her exes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah you're fucked. Yeah. yeah, totally doomed. <laughs> exactly. How exciting. Yeah. And so you fall in love. That's a long relationship, six years. Yeah. And you're in your 20s. Yeah, yeah, it was. And yeah. give as much or as little detail as you want. Did that end well? Badly. Um, it didn't. No, it didn't end well at the time, and uh, we had a lot of pressure on us. Essentially, we moved back to Australia together, and they had uh, they had to do their three year um, yeah right. working holiday stuff. Yeah. yeah, so we, so we had to travel around, um, and it basically took us a year to do three months of farm work. Wow, to get their second year working holiday visa. Mm, that's not and. Hard. Yeah, no, it wasn't, and we had mm. no money, and and you know, um, as farming is in Australia, mm. very regularly, um, mm. the weather was not on mm. the farmers or our side, and so often we'd we'd drive for eighteen hours to get up into like outback Queensland, and then we'd be there for three days, and then the rain would come, Oof. and their crops would be wiped out, and we'd be devastated for them. But then we're in outback Queensland, yeah, with no now. work and and like um, what like. 24 hours checked yeah. off of their required hours yes. to get there. So it, we never had any money. We mm. literally got down to like $30 between mm. us a few times. And, and um, we romanticise that stuff, I reckon. I think the only people who ever say money doesn't matter are people with money. Yeah. You know, like we yeah. talk about relationships. All I need is for you and I to be in love. That's bullshit. Yeah. Like if there are external pressures like poverty, like, you know, a whole range of other conditions, housing insecurity, all the rest of it, that's 100% going to impact yeah. on your relationship. Yeah, And that doesn't absolutely. mean you weren't in love. They're yeah. real pressures. You're human. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know, like we'd, we'd um, travelled the world together and – Very yeah, formative. Very formative years. And then um, we finally got the – like the three months done and then – you know, essentially, um, you know, we were arguing more, and then and then they just came to me one day and were like, "I'm not in love with you anymore," mm. which was the first time I'd ever heard it, and because um, I probably hadn't Expected? been in it. 
Not expecting. Not, not really. Like in in hindsight, like yeah, yeah of course. Like we probably yeah. ne- probably neither of us were feeling it anymore. Really. Yeah. Yeah. But I but think hearing it out loud. I, well, I think it was like a blow to my ego more of than course. anything, and like. Yeah. You know, I was 28, but I hadn't been in a serious relationship like that before. And, Mm. you know, there'd been times during our relationship where I thought that that would be the one. Mm. And it was, it was really, really hard. But, um, we ended up carrying on travelling together for a little while longer, obviously. <laughs> if you tell me now that she is renting your spare room, <laughs> I will lose my life. Are you still friends? <laughs> yeah, so we, we ended up having a bit of space for a while. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and, and they went on to get um, their citizenship. They're a citizen mm. now. Mm. And uh, Can I just apologise? I'm just going to correct myself. Is this person, are they them? And I keep calling them she. I, look, I, I just had a second where I was like, I should clarify. Cause, and this, is, this has always been an interesting one for yeah. me as well because when we got together, um, they, weren't, they, they didn't know they were non-binary. Right. And so, and so for me, because we had six years together yeah. and, yes. a, and our relationship was packaged Your in this brain kind of way. It's just my brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like obviously I'm cool as hell with it. And, yeah, yeah. and in, in present yeah. day... It's absolutely not an issue for me, but it's yeah. like my brain has this glitch no, I get because it. of the six Well, I years. see corrected. They yeah, them. My apologies. No, no uh, yeah, I, I should have I should have verified. Yeah, so we had yeah, so they're a citizen now and um yeah, we we are. We're we're yeah. mates. They live in Melbourne. Yeah. And we don't get to see each other very often. We we actually hadn't talked for quite some time until a few days ago, mm. uh, when I when I got a message from them. But you know, um, maybe they knew you were coming on the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to be featuring. <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, but if we, because I'm sort of dying to jump to L. Yeah, sure. Um, do we then go through a period of sort of dalliances, nothing too serious, a little yeah. bit here and there? Yeah, look, I, yeah, yeah. I, you were pretty popular. <laughs> Let's just say that. <laughs> That's my strong recollection. <laughs> The ladies were quite interested. I uh, look. I was an active date. <laughs> <laughs> Never alone on a Saturday night, shall we say? You did I, online dating. I did online dating. I was a very respectful, of course, avid dater. Yes. But <laughs> I did. I I was out there. I was. I was. Um, you know, I gave it time. No. I wasn't like, uh, you, you know, now that we've broken up, all mm. right, it's time to mm. to find another partner immediately. And I did, um, yeah, I, I got really into dating. I loved it mm. and I did a lot of online dating. Um, you had some good stories. That's what I remember. Mate, I had some ripper stories. Like I, th- I think after a few years I took pause to think, why? Why are you getting into these things with mm. these people? Mm. You know, like, mm. like I realized that I was in a real pattern of the kinds of people who I you was attracted tired to. Tired of it was my impression. I did. I tired yeah. of it, and I kept dating the same person over mm. and over. And and what was that? I mean, don't tell me the person, but what was that person? If you had to give me a description of, like, are we talking a dramatic person? An interesting, like, are you drawn to fire? Yeah, to fire, probably. Yeah, like, yeah. quite, quite dramatic. Yeah. Um, 
It's that whole thing where you know I'm a backyard psychologist now, and I love. Yeah. I, 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 I call you Doctor Phil. Yeah, <laughs> but lo- ethical. Yeah, yeah, I try to be. <laughs> I, like I love reading and and learning about the human condition and like yeah. what makes us sort of how we are and you're reflective. Yeah, yeah, I, I mm. think I'm reflective, and I, yeah, you know, I've read a lot of stuff about like how. It's almost an innate thing, like your nervous system is like attracted to, mm. um, uh, like it mistakes um, drama and tension mm. and stuff for excitement and passion. Yeah, and passion. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, yes. and and if you actually stop, you're like, oh no, yeah. no, no, like this is this is not how it's meant to be. Like, do you remember when you went to uni and you'd be the same as me in the sense that we come from similar kinds of backgrounds, and mm. then you get into this environment. I remember the first guy I met who had a mohawk and I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) What? Like these people exist. Like I was blown away and I automatically assumed he must be interesting, he must be alternative, he must be progressive. Sure. Turned out to be one of the most boring conservative people I've ever met. Yeah, yeah, right. And I think it's a bit the same with what you're talking about. Like the life of the party and particularly in dating, that kind of big personality Mm. and you're bringing your boom, boom, boom often turn out to be absolutely no substance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, on, can be the, on case the surface, sure. you're so like, fun. so fun. Yeah. Just not yeah. for long. Yeah, Or yeah. without alcohol. Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely encountered that a couple of times. But, you know, like all in all, they were just people that weren't treating me the way mm. that I wanted to be treated. And I actually went to – I went to therapy – well done. Yeah, I went. I went to therapy to try and break the cycle. Like I remember fronting up to this psychologist and being like, "I intellectually know no. this yes. is an issue, but I don't know how to break the pattern and the cycle." Oh, wait, but this is so essential because anyone, and particularly people by our age, we're clever. Yeah, right. So you can intellectualize anything. Yeah, but you actually look at what you're doing. Yes. Not what you're saying. Yeah. And what you're feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Do you mind if I go back to the how you were being treated? Just give me one example of what you didn't like in how you were being treated. Um, I mean, I had one. I had one partner for a, a while who was blatantly a like maybe a compulsive liar or just just a, right. just someone who loved lying a lot. Yeah, right. Whether or not it was pathological, but. And was that confusing they, for you? You're like, are you lying, are you not? Yeah, well, I mean, to maintain a lie, if someone's found you out, you essentially have to gaslight them. Yes. Correct. And so there was a huge amount of gaslighting going mm. on where I was like, no, no. So you go into therapy, and I think it's really good for people listening to consider this. You go in with intention. So you yes. go, okay, I can intellectualise all this stuff. I know I've got this pattern of choosing bad boys or I know I've yes. got this pattern of choosing women who don't show up for me or I know whatever it is. Mm. I know it intellectually but I haven't been able to break it. Help me. Yeah. Really mature. And really life-changing. And it like, did help you. It helped me a lot. I mean, even, even uh, during that process and after that process, I carried on dating some people that weren't quite right for me, but yeah. I was getting closer and closer every time. You don't change overnight. You don't change overnight. And the thing the thing was was that I was identifying those personality traits in people when I yes. was meeting them and I stopped quicker. being attracted to it. Yes. The work that you they got me quicker. to do. Yeah. 
They gave me the skills to break the association. Yes. With oh, okay. She, yeah, she's yeah. Uh, she's uh, not giving me much information, and yeah. she's uh, <laughs> How you know mysterious. she's yeah she's alluding to the fact she's got fourteen other people on the yeah. go, and she's going to make a choice as to who makes oh, the cut. God. How hot! I feel exhausted. Like, just all that stuff, like. And instead, you start to go, oh, she's really insecure. Yeah, if or she just, needs to or keep just me not dangling. attractive. Like it, yeah, like totally. my brain would literally be like red flags. Like, yeah, I went on a bunch of dates. It was actually during comedy festival uh, years back. It must have been years back because Ellen and I have been together for five years. But I went on a bunch of dates with this person who was really nice to me mm. and was kind of comedy adjacent and yeah, really lovely, like a really lovely soul. But we were having dinner one night and they'd chosen the restaurant. It was quite a nice restaurant. And then, like, just at dinner, they just brought up the terrible date they'd been on the night before. Uh, and we were, like, six dates in. Okay. And we okay. hadn't had the talk. Yeah. But This is not also, the L word. Yeah. Like, no. It was – and, you know, for me, like, I was really open about that stuff. Like, mm. if, if somebody – if we were, like, three dates in and somebody said to me, you know, like, how do you think things are going or whatever, mm. like, I'd be I'd be really honest and I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm just kind of – I'm just casually dating at the moment, like as mm. we talked about on the first date. So yeah, if you right. want to keep hanging out and seeing where it goes, but like, you're also great, not going. Oh, I went not, on a date with this chick the other night, and oh my god! Like, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like boundaries that's gross as well. Like boundaries. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even if we had discussed it, and I knew that she'd been, yeah, she was openly dating yeah. other people as well. Nah. Like you don't come to another date. You really don't. And talk to them about the other date. There's a hot tip. For people listening, because again, I think for a lot of people who are going back into dating, especially if they haven't dated much, um, I reckon it's not necessarily a deal breaker, but it's certainly a red flag if you sit on a date with someone and they talk about other dates. Well, imagine on Sunday night what she was saying about the terrible dinner with her awful date the night well, before. Yeah. Who was me? But and I'm a real feels, catch. It feels like you are. It feels <laughs> no, like I'm a joking. power play. Absolutely. It's like it's letting you know I've got other options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reminding you of, of I where know your that already. Is. So do I, bitch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Oh, so we flash forward to you now being in a really lovely, very healthy, stable relationship with a nurse. <laughs> I love so much that she's a nurse. It's good. So and you're engaged. We're engaged, yeah. We what are. the actual? <laughs> so just for listeners, when I met Kirsty, no way I'll ever get engaged. I'm not doing anything long term. I'd never live with anyone. Now you own a house together. You're engaged. <laughs> you're soon to be married. You're da- what happened? Was did, the did therapy? You, did you get me onto this podcast to ruin my reputation? Hundred percent. One hundred. And to ensure that I'm organising your wedding, we've discussed this it's, before. It's, it's already signed, sealed, and delivered. You're so you're you, on. The stability, and I mean this genuinely, how does that feel? Yeah, it feels great. Yeah. It feels really nice. Like um, something that I really love and appreciate about Elle is like she's really secure and mm. confident in our relationship. Mm. Very and grounded person. She is really grounded and yeah. she trusts me 100% mm. and – I trust her 100%. Mm. And in those sort of relationships, um, you know, in between my my serious one in my 20s and Elle, 
trust was a massive factor that was often missing and it was, you know, things like that, like being on dates with people Mm. and then finding out that, you know, like whatever it was or, you know, my my girlfriend who was lying a lot or whatever. That period, it's like the sand shifting between your, like underneath your feet all the time. Yeah. Like you can't sort of get a grip on, excuse me, you can't get a grip on what's really going on. Yes. You know, whereas with Elle it feels like what you see is what you get. Yeah. You know, there's trust there, there's respect, there's yeah. compatibility. Yeah, and it's, it is it is 100% what you see is what you get. Like yeah. there's no mirrors and smoke screens with mm. Elle. Like she doesn't mm. have time for any of that stuff. And Because mm. even, you know, when I was dating in my earlier 30s and I was starting to get into comedy, mm. I had this kind of constant battle with, you know, some of the short-term relationships I was in where they just didn't, trust I wasn't even traveling very much at the time I wasn't mm. like a professional comedian yet mm. but they kind of I knew that they were like well what did you do after the show on you'd be Saturday in Sydney with fans and you'd be yeah yeah never had any of that with Elle and mm. I mean she knows I'm the world's biggest nana and that mm. I'm legging it out that back door of the theater mm. after a show and I am <laughs> and in you're bed not like 9 30 or anybody else <laughs> absolutely not also like, ju- that's just not your that's just not your vibe no, 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 I'm not. I've never been that person, mm. and and you know, even early in our relationship, we both talked about that, and like mm. we've never been that person. I said to Elle, like, I was like, I just for for me personally, and I know that there's a lot of different circumstances for other people, and no judgment on anybody else's lives, but for me personally, I would rather ring my partner and be like, <laughs> I can't explain it right now, but it's over. Yes. <laughs> like, like rather than cheating on yes, them, you know. Yes, 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 But, I mean, I'd never be in that position anyway. Like yes. it's just it's just not in me. But I, I just see the devastation that that can kind of cause yeah, in, in people's yeah. lives moving forward. So, I, uh, yeah, yeah. But you're right. It's not my vibe at it's all. It's not your um, vibe. We, yeah, we want our friends to We're see not allowed like, to do confetti anymore, but I'll throw – I'll blow bubbles. Yeah, bubbles would be great. I'll get crutchless undies. <laughs> I'll throw them. Right? Like a Tom Jones moment. I'm so glad you said I'll throw them because I was like, I'm what not are wearing they for? Them. Yeah, I was like – I was like, wait, what are you getting those for? Like, No, no, I throw them. Throw okay, them as right, you walk that makes down sense, the aisle. I'm like, I don't know what kinds of <laughs> weddings we you've been going. I mean, it sounds like fun. Don't get me wrong. That's how we do it in WA. Yeah, I'd That's love it. it. <laughs> I'm only going to WA weddings. Now, normally at this point we do a little bit of a culture chat. Mm. where I talk about a TV show or a movie or something and, and get your view. Mm. But what I would like to do, because we're coming up to the International Melbourne International Comedy Festival and you are touring Australia, can you just tell us briefly about your show? Because I think it's very relevant to our demographic. Not that you only have, you know, people who are 40 plus coming to your shows. Sure. But, you know, that's the stage of life you're in. Mm. So what's the show? Why should we come? <laughs> So my show is called A Bit of Fun. Yes. and Great title. Uh, thank you. Love it. I wrote it and I called it that because especially after the last few years, yeah. I just really wanted to write a really silly, yeah. fun show, packed yeah. full of jokes. And I, like, I'm, I'm not one of those comedians that has a poignant yeah. point. To their shows Mm. and I probably never will be because the reason I'm a comedian is that I love making people laugh. 
you're a proper entertainer and I've said this before like there's few when you're a comedian yourself you don't like to see that much comedy is the truth like, oh absolutely I, personally I don't go to many <laughs> <Totally>. shows <laughs> but I go to your show every year and one of the reasons aside from the fact that I love and adore you is that it is a guaranteed hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, exactly what you're talking about. It is fun. It is relief. For a lot of people listening, not just from the C word, like not just from, you know, lockdowns and COVID and whatever, but I know there's a lot of people listening who got COVID divorced, who went through hard times, who had shitful parenting moments, who just have been through the ringer in the last few years. And I'd say, honestly, you go to your show, you're not going to be punched in the face. You know, there's depth there, but you're you're not there to be lectured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're there to have a good time. Yeah. And and celebrate humanity and fun. You'll come out happy. Yeah, thanks, Nelly. That's lovely because that's all I ever wanted when I started out being a comedian. Speaking of bangers, so we will go and see Kirsty Wiebeck in a bit of fun. You're all around the country, not just Melbourne. I'm Melbourne-focused because that's where I am. But you'll be able to look at your website and see all the places that you are. Yeah, yeah. And I solidly recommend one of the things we talk about on this podcast, particularly for those people who are either newly or long-term single, if, you know, you need your people around you, this is the perfect kind of thing where you go grab a couple of friends. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that temptation. I was talking about a friend with a friend last night about this where she's just like, I feel – lonely but I don't want to go anywhere and that's also a COVID thing and I'm like right Mm -hmm. next week you're going to ask someone just to go for a drink not a date yeah I'm talking about just reach out to a friend yeah should they ring you yes are they going to probably not take life by the balls yeah ring your friends go to see a comedy show hopefully Kirsty someone else's grab a group and go out and do it let this be your motivation yeah. You'll feel better. That's such a nice idea. You'll it's, feel better. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it's it's breaking the cycle again. Break like we, it. No one's going to knock on your door and go, Nelly, do you want some new friends? Yeah. You know, it's the same with dating. No one's going to knock on your front door and kind of go, do you want to you want to go out with me? Yeah. They might slide into your DMs, but, they you know, be, yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. to – actually, you have to be proactive. Yeah, you nailed you that. Because I've had a few mates that I've had conversations with recently who their argument – the thing that's made them feel down is that no one's reaching out to them to yes. invite them places. And I was like, you're all in a stalemate. Correct. They're feeling the same way. Yes. But you've lost that confidence. Yes. And like from the last few years. Mm. And in some ways, like I, I was really fortunate because of the job that we have. Yes, that you have to that be out. I had yeah. to get out and about because yeah. I've got a mortgage and bills to pay. Yes. And so for me, texting a mate and going, can we have a coffee next week? It's not mm. a big deal because I was out at comedy clubs the last four nights, mm. like mm. with my comedy mates in the green room. Mm. So, And I, you've I, had that interaction. Yes. Look, you already know this story, but my daughter, my oldest daughter has been sick for a long time. Mm. And I remember when she became unwell and I had to be more isolated and I couldn't do that stuff, I had that feeling. 
yeah. of like, why aren't people asking me out and they've left me behind and, you know, and it's natural to have that feeling. Yes. But I remember one day going, well, you've got two choices. Either feel like shit about that and be angry and bitter or change it. Yes. And I literally went, right, I'm going to be the one who reaches out. Yeah. And, and I do. Yeah. And I still do it. And sometimes it still annoys me. Yeah, sure. You know, but I still do it because yeah. I want that contact. I want those friendships. I want that. Yeah. Someone's got to break that stalemate that you're talking about. Absolutely. And you also know that people are busy. People are busy. It's not personal. It's not personal. It's you know, just, they're not going, I don't want to see Kirsty. No, no. They've just, they've they've taken a minute at home on the couch and they've just decided that that's where they're going to stay Mate, for the night. <laughs> there's four episodes a week on of Married, of Married at First Sight, right? This is a big commitment. Right? I might get to it. But let me put a meme to you. It's actually a tweet um, from the Mother Octopus at Mother Octopus KJ. <laughs> I just thought you'd like it. <laughs> they need a dating app for 40-year-old divorced women looking for a trio of other 40-year-old divorced women who want to just golden girl the shit out of the rest of their lives. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. I mean, trademark that shit. <laughs> Seriously, you know, we talk about the loneliness epidemic, exactly what we're talking about now. Why can't we do Like, we've got to change the script yeah. The Golden Girls is a template right there. You don't have to have a romantic relationship. Yeah. You yeah. don't even have to have one best friend. Like no. even that idea. Yeah. Reach out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the idea that we think that we can get everything we need as a human being out of one, one person. person. In, yeah. a, in a best friend sense or yeah. in a romantic sense. Or your mother. Or yeah. your child. Yeah. Or what, no, it's not possible. It's too much pressure for both of you. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's funny as well because if you look around at your friends, you've got certain friends that you share certain things yes. with because you, you know that's their jam. That's right. And you've got certain – you know, I've got friends that I'll literally text and be like, do you want to go and kick the soccer ball in the yeah, park? Yeah, that's not me. Absolutely not. Yeah. I've never – it's so <laughs> – <laughs> never have I had that text from you. No, never. And nor will you. Because <laughs> I, I know that you probably won't even give me the courtesy of a response. And I but I will text that. you and go, Kirsty, I've got a new somatic trauma informed therapist. Let's yeah. talk about it. <laughs> well, that's right. And so, but we have that and we know that and we've got yeah, that knowledge know, and we've you got know all what these people is. around us. Yes. But then we're like, well, here's yeah. my part. And I, probably to some extent, even when Ellen and I got together, like yeah. I hadn't properly arrived at that idea yet you know like Elle doesn't like my lengthy stories yeah I've been and meaning to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> no I mean you're setting yourself up for failure in life if you think your teacher your mother your child your father your uncle your lover your whoever is going to meet all your needs 100% because you're not meeting everyone else's no of course not so that stalemate you talked about and I think that's an excellent word I feel like that's become heightened after COVID. Yeah, I agree. Because a lot of connections have been lost. And I keep having conversations with people who are like, well, I, well why should I reach out? Yeah, well, well you, then you who's going to, mate? Yeah, your mate could be thinking <laughs> the same thing. Maybe they're devoed. Yeah. Maybe they're going through depression. Maybe – who fucking There's knows? There's too many variables. But you're not going to know until you reach out. Yeah, and you're all you're doing is letting pride and your ego yes. get in the way – and it's one of those things as well where you can sit there and be like, well, Nilly hasn't invited me over yeah. for six months. And I saw her on Instagram with Kirsty yeah. at a cafe. Yeah. Yeah, well, Kirsty asked me to kick the soccer. I said, no. <laughs> kick the soccer. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> you don't even know how to say it. 
but I know how to eat cake. <laughs> that much I know. Are you ready for some listener calls? Let's do it. Hi, Nelly. I'm really enjoying your new podcast. Thank you for putting all the time and preparation into it. I'd like to um, hear your your advice on an issue. I'm 61 and my 20-year marriage ended 18 months ago and the Single Life of Us podcast actually gave me the courage to go on to an online dating site last July, which I did, and I um, have dated two men since then and both of them were for two months each. But I'm interested in your view on the pace of a new relationship because with both of those men, I met them, we had lunch, got on well, had another date within a week and then another date a few days later and then from then on we were seeing each other every few days, every day some of the time. So it was pretty full on and I was wondering if you have an opinion on whether it's better to start off on a slower sort of pace at the beginning of a dating sort of relationship when you're getting to know somebody. Thank you. Bye. Kirsty Weeback, what do you think? Well, we're talking about pacing. Yeah, pacing. Um, I mean, as a fairly veteran lesbian, (laughs) (laughs) uh, three dates, you go, what? The second date would have involved moving in. Um, Do you know what? We say that, but you're not like that at all. I'm not. I was just just, uh, making a gag to to move into my genuine advice, but... um, I mean, put in context, she's 61. Yeah. She's obviously come out of a really long-term relationship. Can I say, firstly, going back into dating, that and I mean this metaphorically, takes balls. Good on you. A lot, yeah. Well done. Loads of courage, and that's awesome, and it's great to hear that The Single Life of Us inspired that as well. That's awesome, and I'm sure that was, like, something that you really wanted to come out of that podcast as well. So congratulations on achieving that. But, um, yeah... (sighs) It depends on how you feel, mm. I think. I mean, what what I learned uh, through being a prolific dater in my in my early 30s was um, to really listen to my own intuition and my yes. own gut. And there were numerous situations that I got myself into where I didn't do yes. that. And then eventually down the track I was a bit in over my head. Yes. And I was like, what a nightmare. But, you know, I, I don't d- pick up on that because that is the key. Mm. It's not the rule. What I hear in what she's saying, even the way she's phrasing it, of mm. kind of eventually, it was a bit full on. Mm, yeah, that's exactly right. Right, it full obviously, on's too much. And if you're asking the question, yeah, it's too much. If you're asking the question, yeah. obviously the pacing is too didn't feel fast. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I, I'd say pull it, pull it back a little bit. Mm. Um, if if you're worried about the pacing, then that's probably a, an internal red flag to yourself. Yes. So maybe the next time that you meet like a lovely gentlemen that you're interested in just for the first few dates just keep it weekly <laughs> so, for a while like trying not to laugh and make fun of you then but you sounded like you're in bridgerton well i said gentlemen, time you meet a lovely gentleman <laughs> I, lo- I, lo- 
I know, I know. I was trying to you let it go. Have. You shouldn't have. No, you should. Because I love, I don't know why, but I've always loved um, referring to men as gentlemen. Yes. And it, it, it's like it, it started out as an ironic thing, yeah, yeah. but now it's no, just part it's of my lexicon. Yeah. And it's, but I love it. And yeah. it does make people laugh all the time. Yeah. And, I, and I'm here for that. So I'm such a lady. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I reckon just let's, if I can bring in some pragmatics for a minute too. Like one of the things that's going in my mind is you're 61 years old. And you need financial housing and other security. Mm. So rushing into, certainly into a cohabitation situation, Mm. absolutely not. Mm. Right? Take that off the table. Regardless of what any particular body part is telling you. Yeah, yeah, sure. You have to be rational about this stuff. There are too many people who ring in to this podcast and others kind of going, well, now I've lost half my super. Ooh. Now I, you know, or I can't get him out of the house or her to do oh, whatever. No. So I'm sorry to be the buzzkill, but she's not actually talking about moving in. No, but no, just no, as no, a no. general thing. Yeah, bloody On careful. the pacing thing. Yeah, yeah. Because by her age, she's she might have assets. Yeah. Say if she owns a house, for example, mm. you got to be careful. Yeah, you do. In the dating pacing, I just think she's answered the question herself. Yeah, by bringing the question up in the first you know, place. It's and like, it's hard to unwind. Yeah. If you go, all right, first three months I see you six times a week and then you feel claustrophobic and go, can we wind it back to three? That's really hard. Yeah, where it's way easier to be like, yeah, just and, – and you don't even necessarily have to verbalise the boundary. Yeah. Like you can just be like I've I've got things on. Yeah, I, this is my schedule at the moment. Like yes. I'd love to see you for Friday a walk night this week, and then yeah, yeah. What, what about dinner next Friday night? Like yeah. you don't have to be like yeah. I'm I'm looking after the pacing of these things mm. and, and and whatever. Just call it as you see it. Do mm. once a week mm. for as long as you want. Yeah, like stretch it out for a few months if you want. Or do let's say for example, like I know even Lauren and I have been dating for what eight months or something, mm. and we will still go. Okay, maybe you might stay over Friday night, but we'll have dinner Tuesday night and you go home. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. there's not an assumption that every time I see you, it's a sleepover or that you're going to be there for three days in a row or that yes. you're going to – you kind of – you can actually set that up. Absolutely. Particularly if you know, and she sounds similar to me, I need that space. Yeah, sure. For a range of life circumstances but also personality. Yeah, yeah you know, for sure. I want to take things slowly. Yes, And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, not at all. I think it's healthy actually. Yeah, Particularly in her circumstance, give your chance, give yourself a chance to get to know this guy. Yeah, and for your gut to kick in. Yeah, and oh, my shoulders a bit tense when I see him. Yeah, what's going on there? Or he was rude to that waiter. Or you know, before your five nights a week. Yeah, yeah, because I've certainly done that before, where I've like just oh, have we all. Launch straight into something because you're I'm, amazing. Yeah, yes. yeah, and then and then you know a few weeks in of hanging out around the clock with this person, yes. you start to be like, oh, oh no, yes. like oh they're actually like a terrible person, yes. or, or like not even just what you were saying, like yes. oh they're rude to yeah. the wait staff at restaurants, like I'm not into that well, or whatever it is. Fundamentally, un, un, not compatible. Yeah, but you've but and, and then you've put yourself in a predicament because. 
in a way you've contributed to this mutual love yeah. bombing. Yes. I, and then and then you're suddenly getting yourself out of a relationship. That's right, three weeks in. Yeah, rather than yeah. just yeah. getting yourself out of some casual dating that you're doing. Because the truth is if you look at it from a healthy psychological, emotional perspective, you should still be, say, at the three, four-week mark. You, you're dating. Yeah. You know, like if you're feeling like you're in a exclusive relationship by that point, these things aren't black and white. It's not like it's yeah, terrible. Sure. Of course. Um, but you'd want to be thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say because I think, you know, when people ring into podcasts and then they don't get an answer, it's really annoying. Yes, yes. I think if I were in her position, I'd be going once a week. Mm. maximum, mm. at least for a month or two. Yeah, I reckon two. Right? Once yeah. a week, actually put your boundary in for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if they hang in there for that, they're keen. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, reckon that, I reckon that's good advice as I'd well. I'd go once a week. I reckon two. Maybe another catch-up, but that's nothing to do with sex or sleepover. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe you meet for lunch. Yeah, or little something. Walk, little coffee, yeah, yeah. whatever it is. It. God, you love your fucking walking, don't you? I, I'm a big walker. <laughs> I'm a big walker. Such a walker. Maybe, go, maybe take them out on Thursday afternoon to kick the soccer ball. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Far out. This, there's a reason no one's ever asked if you or I have dated. They'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> now you'd be sitting on the sideline going, stop with all the running. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dear Nelly, if single and wanting to date – how do you signal to other lesbians that you are queer when you don't look like a stereotypical lesbian in terms of short hair, clothing, nails, etc.? All right, Captain Lezo. <laughs> Answer that one. I mean, this is a thing now, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it always should have been. It always should have been. But, but we're definitely drawing more... Um, you can't tell. T- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the world's totally. gone mad. Totally, totally. I mean, I'm a I'm a fifty footer myself. <laughs> um, in, in that you can tell from fifty feet yeah. away. I knew exactly <laughs> what you meant. I knew yeah. you did, but I thought there will be someone out there going, "What does that mean? She's fifty foot tall. That's huge." Um, I think it's actually it's quite interesting. When I came out, when I was what would have been nineteen ninety two, ninety three, mm. the rules were much more clear. Yeah, you sure. know, about to the point where I shaved my head and yeah, bought yeah. overalls and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Great, and still looked good. You would have, but you know, it wasn't my thing at all. But it, it felt like you had to do that to be part of the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That all that shit's gone. Oh, hundred percent. You know, in some ways, I worry it's gone to the other extreme mm. where I know because I love a butch. Mm, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Are you flirting with me? <laughs> if I am, we're both in trouble. <laughs> But I feel sometimes with some of my butch friends, they feel a bit excluded now mm. in the community of kind of going, no, no, you should look quote unquote normal. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And there's a there's a healthy dose of misogyny in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I anyway, that's not the question. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I haven't encountered that. I mean, I'm oblivious to all of that anyway. Good. I don't care. I just you just rise above. I I just wear what I want to wear. I cut my you hair really how I want do. to, and I just kick the soccer ball around the paddock on you a love. Thursday afternoon. You love. You just down at Bunnings. <laughs> yeah. Not fulfilling any stereotypes at all. That's exactly right. I am a walking stereotype and I'm okay with that. I'm absolutely okay with that. It suits you. Thank you. So how can she – because, you know, in the days of the handkerchiefs and stuff for gay men, I mean, obviously we're well beyond that. But at the same time, I'm guessing, just from what she said, she's femme presenting. Yes. People don't think she's a lesbian. 
Yeah. When she goes into maybe queer spaces, maybe they think she's with gay men as a friend or something sure, like that. Sure, sure. How's she let everyone know she's available? Well, I mean, short of wearing like a T-shirt that yeah. says like... <laughs> I killed Jenny. That's my favourite <laughs> yeah, Leslie yeah, That's great. That's great. I mean, you could wear a pride pin, and I'm not kidding. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. No, I mean, the only that reason could be an that ally. It, the only reason that anybody needs to know is, I, I, I mean, I, I absolutely understand that you you might feel that you would like to be more visible mm. in some way without yes. without in any way changing your appearance. You want like to be totally, validated. Yeah, and I yes. totally understand that. And like in. in, in in that respect, if if it's validation that you're seeking from the community and and mm. a broader feeling of acceptance, then Nelly's absolutely right. You could wear a pin. You could wear some queer earrings. Yes. Um, any some the, Crocs. Uh, some Crocs. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, Lauren. Some Blundstones. That's me. <laughs> um, but Nelly's right. Like the community in general is very. Um, a, a lot more open than it used to be in terms 100%. of assuming people's sexuality or their gender. Yep. And I don't – like, certainly not here in Melbourne, I don't think that somebody who might present in what we traditionally would view as, like, a heteronormative kind mm. of way, mm. I don't think that they would walk into a queer bar and be perceived as not to be there. Yeah. Exactly, as not part – at all. Like, I don't – I genuinely don't think anyone in the room would ever be like – Mm. Oh, she's obviously here with her gay mates. No. Whereas, like, even even probably seven or eight years ago, absolutely yes. you would read somebody in in that situation, yes. you know, down at the Peel nightclub or something. Yes. You, you'd definitely be like, oh, she's here with – and she well and truly could have been queer herself, you yes. know. But I don't think that it really happens that much anymore. And if you – if it's less of a validation thing and more of a dating thing, mm. then it, it comes down to – just being confident to approach the people mm. that you fancy because I certainly – well, I, when Ellen and I got together, I didn't know that she was gay. Mm. I, and, I mean, right, you know, right now she's got like super short hair and everything mm. and mm. like um, – and, and so most people would – straight women. So it's, they do. Yeah. They, they absolutely do. But the way Elle dresses and her hair and stuff at the moment, like uh, most people would read her as queer. Mm. I, but at the time, no. Yes. Like, and I didn't know that she was gay either. Oh, I remember. You remember. <laughs> and I'm also. Why does this woman keep messaging me? Yeah. Why do you think, Kirsty? Yeah, I'm. I'm. <laughs> I'm completely oblivious to people having the hots for me ever. And don't you but, and I both understand? Like, I think what this caller and I totally appreciate this, particularly if she's come into this identity later in life, which I think is the case. Yeah, sure. She wants to be hit on. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like she wants to walk into into the queer pub, and for the hot butch at the bloody pool table to go hello. Yeah, yeah. Like she wants that experience, I reckon. But I would have, like, I like, yeah, yeah. When, oh, when I, I was single, die of a crack. yeah. <laughs> when I was single, sure. I mean, if it were a queer space, for sure. Like if I was, but the other thing is that. I often found – so I'm just thinking back on some of my exes who I met organically, not mm. online and whatever, and, you know, mm. we had like short-term relationships and whatever. A lot of them would not have been read as queer women yeah. at the time and they approached me and expressed mm. interest. Mm. And mm. I'm sure 
that they had to find that confidence at some stage to yes. approach people as a result of not necessarily being read as queer. Yes. But they did. Like yes. a, a, a few a few of them I met organically like just at a bar you or whatever and they just came up get. and were like, g'day. Yeah, how you going? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, fair. And probably I yeah. never would have scanned the room and been like, oh, yeah. Or even a middle ground. I'm thinking in this situation because so much stuff, and this is really hard for a lot of people, but so much stuff's happening beneath the surface. Yes. So if you walk in with a particular kind of energy. Yeah. Right? If you've got open body language, if you're looking around. Yeah. If you see someone you like and you hold their gaze a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, give them a smile. Right? That you don't have to necessarily have the confidence to approach them. Yeah, absolutely. But if you walk in, and I totally get it, but if you walk in and you're feeling nervous and your head's down, and then people are probably going to think you're not approachable. Yeah, it's funny. I think online dating, like, really has um, erased a yeah, lot of that stuff. it's been helpful for like, that, actually. Because, well, yeah, hel- yeah, helpful and also it's – Erased all that fun in real life stuff You're that we so had right. the back in the day. Like yes. even when I was like, you know, out yes. at the gay bar in Canberra, like when I was around 20. Yeah. And it would 100% be that somebody locking eyes with you oh, across sure. the room. And like, and you just knew immediately, like they just hold your gaze. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I'd be going, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, I got, have I got something on my shirt? <laughs> That's right. What, is there someone behind me? <laughs> It's like you're talking to a comedian. Is there someone famous behind me? <laughs> <laughs> but you're so right. That's yeah, you'd such have all a that delicious flirty, dance. Yeah, yeah, the flirting stuff happening from 10 metres away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And whereas these days, like you go out to, to a bar or like, and, you know, obviously like I'm, I'm not in a, out and about looking for romance, but yeah. but if if I were, if I'm scanning the room, 70, 75% of the room are taking Instagram reels. Yes. And yes. they're on their phones or they're looking down because they're they're shy or like yes. whatever it is. But like, yeah. you know, 20 years ago we were yeah. like holding someone's gaze oh, across the sure. dance floor and it was like, all right, I, yeah. I, I knew within three seconds that I was heading home with them tonight. Or <laughs> even if you did something as simple as you went and sat at the bar by yourself. Yes. Yeah, there were, yeah, there were always little um, cues that would be, weren't there. Uh, you know, essentially, would you an like invitation. to buy me a drink? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Open offer. There's but also the horror of no one approaching. Then absolutely. But you also yeah. go, oh well, that's how it goes. Yeah, you know, like it's. But I think she doesn't need to see. She certainly doesn't need to change how she looks. Oh no, no, um, no never. I reckon it sounds like online dating is probably a good space for her. Yeah. You know, in that certainly when I was on the, you know, lady for lady, whatever, queer, non-binary, et cetera, um, apps, there were plenty of women that there's no one would have read any other way than straight. Yeah, 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 for sure. You know, sure. there was yeah. not a uniformity. Yeah, don't worry, you know I'm not going to grow my hair. Yeah, please. <laughs> please. If I see you in heels, I'm going to kick off. You know that'll um, never happen. You'll be, you'll be playing soccer with me before you see me in heels. I'll play soccer with you in heels. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we finished with two quick things. One is no shade on my ex, but shade your ex. Um, well, okay, uh, one of my exes used to routinely run out of petrol. <laughs> oh God, that's annoying. Yeah, and I and I already it'll have, get another five k's. Yeah, oh. I, I already have this like irrational 
rage, <laughs> running out of petrol and missing your flight. Yeah. Like, unless nah. you've got a really good... So, somebody nah. will tweet that they missed a flight and yeah. it'll be somebody I've never heard of before in my life and it will Furious. make my blood boil for Same. three hours. Same. And I'll be going, Kirsty, you don't know this person. You don't have a dog yeah. in the race. This has nothing to do with How you. How early but I'll be like, are you oh, I want to kill them. to a domestic flight? Oh, mate, I'd be 72 hours early if I could be. <laughs> If it all didn't rein me in. Minimum two hours. Absolutely. More likely three. Two hours for me and I'm sweating. Yep. Um, for me, it is, and it depends on if I'm getting an Uber or yes, if I'm driving same, the car. Same. If I'm driving the car and I'm parking it because I've got an overnight show somewhere around yeah. the country, then I'm like, what happens if the park's That's full? That's right. I'm going to need even longer if I've got the car. What if I don't get the bus? Exactly. Yep. So, I, yeah, three three hours would have me in Three a, hours, a they've got shops state. there. There's yeah. a boost juice. Yeah. I'm, I'm a lounge member. I'll yeah. just go and sit in there Cruise and play around. on my phone. Correct. Like, wh- whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, we do. <laughs> um, and last but not least, you know that TikTok thing? She's a 10 but. Mm. Um, doesn't ask any questions. Oh. That was, I think that was my oh. biggest issue when I was dating before I met Elle was yes. the number of people that I would interview like a journalist. Yes. Over a date. Yes. It would, and it would never be like, well, like, where did you grow up? Oh, well, I grew up in Newcastle and blah, 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 blah. And then it would segue into something else and then eventually mm. it would draw to a close and I'd be like, well, what are you, like, getting up to? Like, when yeah. you're not at work? And, and But it was never like, I grew up in Newcastle. What about you, Kirsty? Yeah. Like, never. Yes. And it's not – I mean, have I Have you talk, been to Newcastle? Yeah, 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 exactly. What have you heard about Newcastle? Yes. Yeah. I feel like – and this is such an old lady thing to say – but this is based on my experience of dating. I feel like this is an epidemic. I do as well. I genuinely do. I love banging on about this. The amount of times I sat on dates and was monologued at. Yeah. Monologued at. And I love hearing about other people. Like, like, I'm genuinely curious about other people. But I also love a conversation. But you're trying to woo me. Yeah. And this is how you behave. Yeah, so Imagine I'm, when we're yeah. six months down the track. Yeah, we've been going out for five years and you don't know that I've got any siblings. Oh, my God. <laughs> you don't know if I like Vegemite. Like, yeah. it doesn't have to be in-depth conversation. No. but ju- And, yes, I understand people get nervous Same. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But you'd think half an hour, hour, whatever it is, into a conversation. If you haven't asked the other person a question, I'm sorry, it's rude. Yeah, also to me, and this could this could be a long bow, but to me it kind of almost shows like a lack of curiosity. Yes. And curiosity's hot. Yes. Like exactly. just wanting to know more about anything, yes. whether it's more about you or yes. more about the world or, or whatever. It's hot. Like come back to being seen. Yeah. That's what curiosity is. Or what mm. makes you tink? What makes tink? What makes you tick? <laughs> you keep my tinking you out. Know? <laughs> <laughs> Your tinking's well known. You know, what 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 brings you here even? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like it, that, as you say, that lack of curiosity, that sort of self-centeredness, it suggests either that they're, they're selfish or they're shallow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it, bloody hell, there's a lot of it in dating. If I could give one bit of dating advice, it would be that. Be yeah. curious about the other person. And it transcends gender and sexuality really and does. everything. Like all it of my really all of my straight mates, like both yeah. like men and women yeah. and and my non binary mates, yeah. like they all have the same exact same issues all the time. They're yeah. like didn't get asked one thing about one, myself yeah. tonight. Not interested. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the, at the most extreme they're on their phone. In yeah, which case yeah. I say get up and leave and I oh, have, I did that. 
Did that really happen to uh, 100%. you? 100%. That never happened to me and I'm so 100%. pleased 100%. Wow. But more commonly it's that. It's yeah. that kind of thing of just almost like they've got a routine. They're, they're doing a bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was going to say before. Like I, like I, when I'm, like in my private life, like I don't need to bang on about myself constantly. Yeah. Like I yeah, get yeah, yeah. to have a stage at night. Yes. Like I love hearing about other Same. people. And I've got some friends who are so chatty that it winds our other mates up. But for me, it's bliss hanging yes, out with I'm them. Yes, I'm the same. I will sit back and I will let you tell, tell me, me everything yeah. that's been happening and it'll be a holiday for me. Me too. And I love hearing you talk. Mm. But in a dating situation or whatever, mm. it just it's such a red flag. It's I think for me, and I reckon you'd be the same, I it doesn't have to be 50-50. No. Like I'd be fine on a date if it was like 80% because I know I'm that sort of person that goes, and what about you? And uh, like I know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm part of that dynamic. Sure. But if there's not even 20% yeah. of curiosity back. Yeah. Of kind of going, well, what about you? Or where have you been? Or, you know, how, what brings you here? Yeah. Yeah, this is not a good sign. But that's a good one. I think, you know, she's a 10 but she's not curious about me. Yes. Or, or other people or interested in other things even. Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. Thank you, Kirsty Weebeck. Pleasure, mate. Thank How you so much for having me. How great was that? So remind us again, plug your show for one last time. Thank you, legend. We'll put this out just before Melbourne Comedy Festival. Oh, you rule. It's, um, yeah, so it's called A Bit of Fun. Yep. And all the tour dates and information is on my website, kirstyweebeck.com. It's all over my socials. You can give me a follow on my socials. Absolutely. I'm very active on them. And your show is at a reasonable time for this demographic. Oh, mate, it's the best. It's pretty much a matinee. It's on at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. is the best. You and can five be on home. Sundays. You can be home in bed by 8. They, uh, in Melbourne, I got offered like a 7.15 p.m. Yeah. time slot, and I was like, I'm not party boy Corey. <laughs> It's 8.15, I won't get in the Uber till 8.30. I mean, no, missed the 9 o'clock deadline. Sorry, guys. I want to be in bed by 8.30. All right, make sure you go. Take your friends. Go and see Kirsty Weebeck in a bit of fun. Yay. Bye. Bye. Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of To explore, dear Nelly, when you're 40 or more, dear Nelly. So I'm hoping we can talk it through. Dear Nelly, I'm rocking my prime, and it's time to get down some. Baby, mess around some. It's never too late to start. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. 
Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.